Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. So the classic thing to say for this one is, um, oh, we felt that. We done goofed. Scott, I done fucked up again. Tristan, how? I don't know. You're so perfect. I am so, so not that. I can't believe that. I feel like everything we've ever said on this podcast is true, including especially all of the movie trivia that you know. I'm like infallible in a way where if I say something that might be interpreted as wrong, the universe rewrites itself to make me right. So that's exactly it. Yeah. It's was Tristan wrong or were the rest of us just living in an alternate universe where we've not ascended to your level of cognizance of like, you can see all of the movies that were and were not made. Yeah, I exist in 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 quantum superposition. I am the Mandela effect made manifest. Uh, (laughs) That is you. Gosh, I wish there was a different name for the Mandela effect. Why can't it be called the Berenstain effect? At least it's the fictional character and not a real person. We're like, I thought he was dead. Is that an episode? Because like the thing is that there are some like pseudo science or like pseudo weirdness that people have talked to me about and been like hey that would make a good it's probably not aliens episode and yeah in my head i hear that and i think that's just a tiktok meme like people don't actually believe it because like when people ask me like hey are you gonna do anything about the people who don't think birds are real and i thought like no like that's a meme right like the the birds aren't real is it's a it's a zoomer joke and then they're like no it's not (laughs) yes and i thought that the mandela effect was also like that but i guess not can i say i know we're immediately off topic such news for this podcast Mm -hmm. i really i (laughs) yeah this is a podcast we'll get into it later i watched a video recently on youtube that just came up on my recommended that was like 12 of the craziest like mandela effects or whatever and i was like okay i'll watch this it was like edited like it was like a horror can you believe that pikachu doesn't have a black tip on his tail or something like that and i was like Yeah, I can believe that. Why are you trying to make me scared right now? Yeah. This is not that serious. (laughs) I think there is like a type of like conspiracy or like scary content that's marketed for teenagers that borrowed a lot from a YouTuber whose name I can't remember. But the one thing I do remember about him is that he made a long tweet talking about how he did not have sex with his cat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Definitely. I don't recall that person's name at all. I won't even try to search the memory banks. Just Google YouTuber who did not have sex with cat. (laughs) Yeah. YouTuber who insists did not have sex with cat. Yeah, I think you're I think you're probably right. But it seems like that guy has influenced and like Friday nights at Freddy theory videos and all that. 
like i don't know zoomers yeah. zoomers grew up Coming with back. a conspiracy slash like scary content yeah ecosystem that was very different from the one that we grew up in which was like what if lavender town made you die in Pokemon? yeah like yeah like like that was that was our horror oh yeah i want to just circle back because i realized i found the flaw for why we can't rename the mandela effect is because if we renamed it the berenstein effect some people would call it the berenstein effect Mm. and then we wouldn't know we just straight up wouldn't know what anyone's talking about exactly Um, so sorry nelson mandela this is actually your legacy (laughs) not the other stuff you did Not freeing South Africa from apartheid, that minuscule in comparison to whether or not you died in the 90s being, despite the fact that like the time when a lot of people who think that Nelson Mandela died in prison, like ignore the fact that he like went on to become like president of South Africa for like many years. Yeah, but no. He died, apparently, because everyone thought he did. And like, that's you know who doesn't experience a... the Mandela effect? People who live in South Africa. Yeah. Hopefully not Nelson himself. That would be like, weird. Dead? Well, he's dead now. <laughs> Am I but, dead? Um, well, yeah, now he. Yeah. I remember because the big story that happened when he died is that the sign language interpreter that they got for his funeral, like completely out of it, like did oh, like, no. like apparently what he was signing had nothing to do with what was being said. It was, a, it was like a whole, oh, it was a whole no. thing for like one of the most important people of the 20th century's funeral. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Speaking of interpreting things wrong for a broad audience, um, this is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. It sure is. Why are we talking about this? Well, it's because we done goofed again. Yep. We fucked up, Tristan. Yeah. Tristan tries his best every week to make fresh, delicious content for your eyes and ears and mostly your ears every single day. And so sometimes in the name of speed, or as we've learned many times, just when I think I know something off the top of my head, that turns into being an incorrect statement. So in order to keep myself honest, unlike ancient aliens, uh, once a quarter, we're a bit late. We're supposed to do this in October. It's November now. We check in to be like, oopsie doodle and i have a big list and we're kind of just going to keep working through it and hopefully one day we will run out of them or i'll just keep messing up because it does seem that this list is infinite so um, yeah do you think that's the case do you think we'll ever run out of mistakes that would be the goal right Mm -hmm. to produce a podcast so flawlessly that everyone is like you know what no notes you guys got it right this time. Judging how shows that have like armies of researchers and fact checkers still often make mistakes. And this is a show where the uh, writer, researcher and fact checker is a guy. Yeah, it's just you. It's just Tristan. Some yeah. t- th- occasionally me. I will step in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just Tristan mostly so i try my best but that is how it is i feel like every time we start the corrections episode it starts with me trying to make excuses for making all the problems i made luckily we have a lot of people out there in the audience who uh do great work I actually realized that i had a shout out at the bottom thinking that we would ever finish this but there's like actually a a, a, a twitter user by the name of rage crayon who almost every single episode comes out with like a handful of things that we got wrong and i am always really appreciative of them for doing that that's awesome genuinely that's cool yeah. mm-hmm. but we do collect and basically the idea is that i'm going from like the oldest episode that have unanswered corrections at this point that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that we're going with so i'm scott nicewander i know nothing oh <laughs> gosh we're so bad at this we're close to 100 episodes in or past this is episode 99 at this point 
Uh, all right. Hey, everyone. This is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. Thanks for listening to us talk about the Mandela effect slash the Berenstain effect. That's the solution. You just say Berenstain so fast you don't people don't know if you're saying Steen or Stain. That's the solution. We figured it out. We debunk Ancient Aliens, the TV show, and talk about pseudo-archaeology, pseudo-history, sometimes pseudo-science as well. And I am actually Scott. There, there was a Berenstain effect where people thought you were Scott, but it's actually me. I'm Scott, and I know nothing. And I'm Tristan Johnson, who lives in the universe where nelson mandela died in the 20 teens so <laughs> just we should probably check in every week about when nelson mandela died so that we can just to make sure just make sure yeah. we're on the right one but yeah all of that me trying to make excuses for saying unfacts on the internet uh, aside shall we do our thing should we should we Let's shall do we our job take our lickings on the face right now you say our but mine mostly yeah sometimes i say something off the cuff that is wrong but we'll incorrect see. that that fact wasn't interesting <laughs> my job is just to sit here and go interesting and some people are like mm, was it though scott <laughs> was it yeah uh while well, you've been dealing with like a bunch of like technical like problems oh God, uh, on your back end i've taken up editing the podcast for the last few weeks and I'm always like now feeling like a little sheepish because I look and I just see like two wavelengths and like one is just a sausage of Tristan info dumping and the other is just like uh, these occasional little blips of like interesting or something like that. Interesting. Look, I'll get into this later, but I do want to thank you for helping me while I had a a very tragic (laughs) month of technology issues, but we'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. Yeah. We've delayed long enough. What did Mm -hmm. we get wrong? What did we goof up? What did we fuck? What did we fuck? What did we fuck this time? Not our cats. What did we fuck? Uh, (laughs) Not our uh, cats. We cannot be clear enough on that. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we start with the Ryukyu Islands episode, the Yonaguni Pyramid episode, I guess you should say more accurately. So this one is a new one from an old episode. So I said, apparently in that episode, that when the Roman Empire split, it turned into the Byzantine Empire in the east, which is not a term that they actually called themselves. They just called themselves Romans. But we now call them the Byzantines the sort of Greek Roman Empire that was based on Constantinople and the Holy Roman Empire to the West, Mm -hmm. which is not true. When the Roman Empire did split, the Western Empire did just call itself Rome and fell in 476 AD, which is just called the, you know, the fall of Rome, though the former emperor did rule a rump state in Dalmatia for a bit afterwards. And I think if I remember- What is a rump state? It's basically like when a like country collapses, but like the government that ran it still has like this little tiny area that they still control. That's usually called a rump state. Oh, it's always thick 30 in the rump state. You know yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's why it's called. They, they were held one in Dalmatia, which is, I think, in modern day Croatia. Mm, the title Holy Roman Emperor was actually created 324 years later when Charlemagne, uh, who was a uh here's here's a mandela effect a french slash german leader whose name is either charlemagne or charles the great depending upon which country uh germany or france you want to piss off at any time uh was crowned uh in 962 no he was crowned he was crowned in like uh he was crowned in like the early middle ages by the pope and became the the new western roman empire emperor and that was the beginning Mm. of the holy roman empire which uh at one point made up like a good chunk of europe and then collapsed due to um like inheritance like he passed down 
again, I'm like, I'm in some really shaky territory here because this is medieval Europe and I'm really bad at European history, but like Holy, sure. the Holy Roman Empire broke up into multiple Francias because of his sons, because back then they had this idea that you split your inheritance, inheritance titles equally amongst all of your children. Uh, okay. Um, so, uh, it split into like, I think like three empires, like, uh, Lombardy, East Francia and West Francia, which went through their whole own processes, but like West Francia eventually became France and like East Francia would eventually become like a mix of a bunch of different small kingdoms that eventually would fall apart after Napoleon invaded them and then would eventually become Germany. So it was that. <laughs> gotcha. Oh my God. Yeah. In nine six, so it's what we call the HR, HRE uh, was uh-huh. founded in 962 after Otto the Great, the King of East Francia had conquered Italy. Uh, the Holy Roman Empire name well, the German equivalent obviously came from a bit over 200 years later during the rule of Barbarossa. Ooh. Oh, and the reason I mentioned Constantinople basically being a de facto subject of the Ottomans, last few decades of his existence at the end is to emphasize the Ottomans had already taken control over the Balkans a long time before Constantinople was taken. So this is a different fact. Um, okay. So that was, the, that, was the, that was the Holy Roman Empire part. And then there's also the Byzantine part, which is, I think I mentioned that the Byzantine slash West or Eastern Roman Empire existed until it had been conquered by the Ottomans with the fall of Constantinople. And from... What I learned is that that wasn't necessarily the case. Like by the point that Constantinople fell, it was already under control. Like it was already basically a uh, subservient state to the Ottoman Empire and that the Ottoman Empire yeah. invaded its way into Europe long before the fall of Constantinople. Um, gotcha. And so there was that. And that the Ottoman's capital was actually Edirne which is located in the Balkans for 90 years before it actually took over Constantinople. So can I uh, say, I feel like this area of history is where we've had potentially the most amount of corrections. Yeah. Late people. medieval Roman, like European stuff is, is very, very bad. And to me. be fair. And we've mentioned this on like almost every corrections episode, to be fair, a lot of the stuff that we get wrong is not necessarily in the research that you do, but it's sort of the stuff that we say off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not stuff that you've like preemptively researched for that episode. It's sort of stuff that we're remembering off the top of our heads. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make sure I'm trying to help you out here. <laughs> um, this is like, yeah. Cause this is like me just conflating a bunch of events and processes in my head that sure. like, 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 I can see where I went wrong, where I was like, oh, yeah, the Holy Roman Empire began when the Roman Empire was split into East and West. But it's like, no, that that like then the like Holy Roman Empire came multiple centuries later after, like, basically Charlemagne re- rebooted Rome in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that makes sense. And also like that, you know. Constantinople uh falling was like the the sort of beginnings of the Ottoman entry into Europe which is like not true um but like in my head cuz I always think about like the fall of Constantinople as like the end of the medieval period and mm-hmm. the early uh modern the early early modern period is sort of defined by like the Ottomans being the big and powerful uh power in the eastern mediterranean that then is right. what drives a lot of the Western powers to try and uh, like 
circle around their power because like the Ottomans controlled the Silk Road basically through the Mediterranean trade, which meant that the Western powers were like, well, we need to find a way to get stuff from India and China that doesn't involve, you know, paying taxes to the Ottomans. So let's find another way to China and India. And so that led to like, you know, Columbus and shit like that. So sure. Yeah. But like uh, there's like a there's like a be- period in the late 1400s, like the last 10 years of the 1400s, like where two big events happen, which is that Constantinople falls and then the Ottomans sort of come on the rise there. But then in the West, uh, the yeah. kingdom of Granada falls to the Spanish, which is the mm-hmm. last Muslim kingdom in Spain. And those two things sort of define the end of the Middle Ages and the beginning of what's called the early modern period or what in older, less accurate terms would be called the Renaissance. Gotcha. How confident are you in the things that you've just said? Um, we'll see in a few months. <laughs> um, uh, the Will-O-Wisps episode that I think we did about a year ago, I mentioned that uh, I, I called something that was Middle English, Early Modern English. Mm-hmm. Or no, yeah, yeah I, 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 sorry. I called something Middle English, but it was Early Modern English. And I think it was in reference to Shakespeare. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I did one of the worst things in the Black Death episode, and I think we've covered Uh-oh. this, but uh, I, I got, I, I, I made a correct Olivia. Um. So I guess I, we talked about Olivia Munn, oh, and I refer right. to her as Thirteen from House, who is Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. Okay, guys. A lot of Olivias. Yeah. Going out there. A lot of Olivias out there doing weird things. Can because we just I say that? think we were talking about which one uh, was like, like we were talking about uh, what's his name, that comedian. John Mulaney. Yeah. I guess he was with Olivia Munn, not Olivia Wilde. And I was like, okay. Yes. But Olivia Wilde also had with, uh, Harry Styles. Is that right? I don't know. I don't like, is Harry Styles, uh, is that, is that a Jonas? No, nope. that's a, that's Close. a one, that's a run direction, isn't he? It's a run. It's a run direction. You're right. Correct. He he was from that that boy band from the 2010s. One Direction. He was in. He, hey, guess what? I know you haven't seen this movie yet, so I'm gonna give you this spoil. This little spoiler. He was also in the end credit scene for Eternals. I did see Eternals. Oh, I thought I, I thought you didn't see Eternals. I did watch it. I didn't pay close attention because it was really boring, but I did see it. Yeah. Okay. He played Thanos's brother at the oh. very end. He showed oh. up and was like. Look at me, I'm Eros. I'm the my power is that I can make people feel pleasure in the in the comic books. That's mm. his power. That's an interesting one. I would probably say that uh I commit one of the most cardinal sins of uh Marvel movies, which is I never watch the end credit scene. Um That's fine. I I'm the first one to be like, well, uh, there's some credits. Uh, there's me out of the theater because hardworking people need to clean up all this fucking popcorn before the next group comes in. Yeah, so but hardworking people also worked on the movie and they want you to sit through and watch their credits or their okay. names scroll by. See, right. it's like a catch twenty two. What do you do? There's that hardworking people everywhere. It's true. Uh, on the UAP episode, uh-huh. uh, said that you, when um, they felt that some important information was missing, that pilots and personnel are highly trained and experienced, but they are still capable of becoming disoriented, especially in the three-dimensional space that pilots occupy and the speeds that they may be traveling. So that is another factor of like why the UAPs, oh, yeah. I, the UAP episode we did, I think is the one that needs like the most like revisit because um, yep. I definitely uh, like, Right after I talked about it, uh, a lot of smarter people went into like the footage and showed that like, no, no, this is just this, this, this and this. And it's like, oh, OK. 
Um, but um, and but we've just the, gotten a lot of emails about it too. So yeah. Um, but the, on that front, like one of the things that we didn't talk about in this episode was that yeah, also pilots flying in the sky at high speeds can get disoriented even if they're highly trained. We kind of talked about this in the Saint Elmo's Fire episode from a while back, or the um, the Foo Fighter episode from a while back, where yeah, people flying planes uh, and moving fast can sometimes get disoriented and see strange things. Yeah, we kind of talked about like it in the, yeah. the, um, the Bermuda Triangle episode too. Oh yeah, we've 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 done that. We've talked about it. Turns out that that is uh, a, an aspect of of flying things. <laughs> then we get into our episode on Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, this is a pretty decent one. Uh, so they're probably so I talked about the different explanations for the Bronze Age collapse and how there are various different things. Uh, mm. Someone pointed out that there isn't one single. There probably isn't a single explanation because there really isn't an answer at this point. But that it was probably the most uh, annoying thing that historians always try to bring up whenever we try to explain why something happened, which is that it was multifactorial, that there were lots of things going on that contributed to the collapse. And I did find, I did notice that like one of the things I think I've noticed being true is that the things that most often lead to countries and civilizations collapsing is usually when you pile crises on top of each other. Cause like one is weatherable, but when you have multiple at a time, that's when things start getting really um, fragile. Yeah, 100%. From a person who knows literally nothing perspective, it could have been a comes off like a one concise answer. That is, yeah. So that is true. Um, so, hold on. Elaborate on that a little bit more. Basically, apparently in the episode, I said it could have been this, which sounded more like there was like definite known causes rather than like, we don't really know. And there's a whole lot of things that could have happened. I see. It's like a language it's a sort of, specific it's sort of a language, language thing. thing. Interesting. Yeah. Oops. Another part on Sodom and Gomorrah is that you give a lot of crap for the the response of the the host to hand over his daughters to a mob of rapists trying to sacrifice his daughters. Uh, he definitely didn't do a good thing, but it would be noted that he was trying to defend his guests and that it's a big deal in the ancient world when there were more when there's more wolves and bandits than motels. You don't kick a guest out of your house ever. It can't be emphasized how big a deal giving a guest a roof and keeping him safe for the night would be to Lot and other people of his time. I forgot that is that is an important piece of context that like sort of the fact that the Bible is thousands of years old uh, does make that situation seem a lot weirder than it is. But yeah, the I totally messed on like back in ancient times, uh, being a guest in somebody's house meant a whole lot more than it does today. That is true. Yeah, I that it's yeah i'm i'm glad for that correction i feel like there's a lot of stuff like that that is very very helpful of yeah the sort of kind because we talk about this a lot on the show too is like when you can't you can't just um you know when people are pulling out artifacts and stuff from the ground uh and or like looking at old paintings or old things with the with the current day mindset of like well, it looks like UFOs because we have the understanding of like what a, what a flying saucer is. So now we can apply that to and, and and so applying modern day context and like a different cultural, a completely different cultural context too is can sometimes lead to uh, can often lead to you know bad readings of things. And I feel like we're not immune to that for sure. Mm -hmm. We've only you and I have had very. Uh, uh, in a lot of ways, very similar upbringings and uh, in a lot of ways, very similar uh, sort of culture that we've grown up in, even though uh, you're American or you're Canadian, I'm American. Uh, we're both uh, white dudes. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's yeah. So I, I, I appreciate that, that 
correction. Yeah. Uh, and if you want like a, uh, like this is like an old, like, like, like this is like a big part of a bunch of things. If you want like a, uh, um, a pop culture reference, did you, uh, I can't remember. Did you watch game of Thrones? I did not. I never watched game of Thrones. Okay. Well then I don't know if I should spoil like one of the You're biggest fine. I'm surprises never gonna watch it. I'm never gonna it's way too late for me now, Tristan. I'm never gonna watch it. Okay. I probably um, already know it. Skip a little like a bit if you are still worried about like what is basically like the biggest surprise moment in the entirety of Game of Thrones. Um, but there's a scene where they go to a wedding and uh one of the things they do when they arrive is they symbolically eat salted bread which is to say like, you are a guest of my house. You have eaten food from my house. Like you're under my protection. And mm-hmm. then he goes and like murders all of them. Is this uh, a, is this, is this a wedding that had a specific color tied yes, to it? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That statement, like that was definitely because George Martin really, he's a person who understands history. So he probably uh, was pretty knowledgeable about the significance of that kind of thing. Yeah. Good so man. that's that. Good, um, good, good email. Good, good yeah. correction. Minor correction about the Punic Wars. Although it's often reported that Romans salted the earth, that claim isn't seen in the historic record before the 1850s. Several ancient historians like Diodorus Siculus and Horace do mention the city being completely destroyed, and Horace even uh, claims that the ground where the city stood was plowed to symbolically show how complete the city's destruction was. However, after mm-hmm. uh, about a century after its destruction, the city was resettled by a law passed by Julius Caesar, and the reborn Carthage went on to become an important administrative center. It was later the capital of a rebel Roman emperor, and after the fall of the Western Roman Empire, the Vandal Kingdom. It was later destroyed by the Umayyad Caliphate in 700 AD. So, Ooh. there's me falling for the Victorians again. Stupid Victorians. Um, <laughs> yeah. On the the ghost ships episode, somebody Ooh. said, hate to be this person, but Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad is not a Megazord ripoff. It's a source footage from Gridman, which is a spiritual spinoff to the Ultra series, which predates Super Sentai, which is the source of Power Rangers' footage source by nearly a decade. Yeah, oh I, I guess gosh. I messed up on the fact that like there's, I, I basically like, Here's here's how here here's how I'm seeing it. Um, yep. so in Japan there is uh there was probably still is a very popular genre of show called uh I think they might be just called like Sentai shows because of Super Sentai, but they're like shows like like Power Rangers, like you can imagine the Power Rangers model of thing where it's a mix of like sort of kaiju big like like people in costumes fighting destroying cities and people on the ground in special suits that like you know have robots that do the things you know you know the genre um there's there's, like a power rangers it's like uh it's like a it's like a supida man Yeah. yeah so uh what happened here is that power rangers uh they took like footage from the japanese show specific from the show super sentai And Uh like, it was just like the footage of like the battles and like the Kung Fu scenes. And then when they, uh, when they went to make Power Rangers, they replaced all the scenes with the characters when they were out of their suits with like North American footage. So like, that's like the, that's sort of like what Power Rangers ended up being. They took like footage of all the fight scenes from Super Sentai. And then they Mm -hmm. replaced all of the, the acting scenes with like American actors. It gets very funny because I think there's a season of Power Rangers where the Blue Ranger is a kid. 
who, when they transform, turns into an adult. Yes, there is. Uh, so what's that one? What's that one called? I this is like a power. It's like Turbo Power Rangers Turbo. Where they're off Fucking cars man. or something. There's their cars. I I watched this movie a lot. The, yeah, there was like a yeah the the Blue Power Ranger was like a child who when he morphs turns into a full grown adult. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. My guess, so where I think the problem came in and where the corrections coming in here is that I then pointed out that after the success of Power Rangers, a bunch of other attempts to do the same thing with other shows of the genre from Japan sprung up. This is where you saw things like uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, uh, which did basically the exact same thing. But so while that show came out after Power Rangers, it was uh-huh. cribbing off of the live action or like the, the combat scenes from an older show in the same genre. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So that was the mistake I made. Uh, and I'm t- there's also just ones that I think were entirely baked into uh, like they were entirely filmed in the West that were attempts to knock off like the mighty Beetleborgs or. Um, oh, yeah. Big bad Beetleborgs. Yeah. Big bad Beetleborgs or uh, the other one that comes to mind, the Knights of Tirnanog. No one remembers that one. No, I don't know that one. So moving on to Secret Space Program. Uh, first yes, one that comes please. into mind is that I uh, can't pronounce German. I, I get corrections on my German pronunciation every single time. That's, yeah, understandable. So I got a uh, correction on pronouncing Neuschwabenland. And you know what? german uh i don't know what can i just say though you are very good at french pronunciations rightfully well, so i have stuck so. yeah I, yeah that's a language that i do speak <laughs> yeah um the other bit too is uh hey weapons is indeed the most accurate translation of the german word waffen for your corrections episode love you okay so i think i said i thought that waffen means weapon um because uh-huh. like there's like atom waffen which is like atom weapon or like uh Luftwaffe, air Luftwaffe. weapons like that yeah yeah so i think i said that i thought that that was what the translation was but i wasn't 100 percent. and so someone said you're Von right Waffen. i like a correction that says you're right trust yourself yeah um, that's not even a correction i guess it is a correction on your your self-esteem or your your yeah your yeah <laughs> uh the next bit we got here is tristan uh, i also mixed up like world war ii um insane late 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 war german tanks stuff okay because i think i mentioned that like near the end of world war ii uh germany got super in like they had like a they had a bunch of crises because they, they were losing the war and they were trying to find new weapons to turn the war around and so they started the wunderwaffen program or the wonder weapon program and yeah. uh one of them was like trying to because they had basically lost the war at sea there was no point in building like submarines or ships anymore so they were trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to make like a tank out of like naval parts which like would be silly because you can imagine that the parts for a tank or or for a ship are huge (laughs) so yeah trying to make like a tank with like the ship made for like a battleship or like with the um the motor for a battleship could be pretty difficult so that's what they were trying to do so i mixed up the pan the the panzer eight mouse which actually had two prototypes built in the much goofier Land Cruiser P-100 Rata and the Land Cruiser P-1500 Rata, which would have been armed with naval guns and engines. And I don't think those were ever actually built. Oh, fair um, enough. I did find it funny, though, that they called their um, their giant Land Cruiser the uh, the Rat. <laughs> <laughs> the Rat? Yeah. And the Mouse. The Panzer VIII was called the Mouse. 
Uh, the oh. mouse was still massively oversized, being even bigger than the uh, the Ferdinand slash Elephant tank destroyer, which was so heavy it caused major issues. Yeah, one of their things was like our Wonder Waffen program is just we're going to make ex- like abs- like absurdly large tanks, which was not yeah. successful. <laughs> Mostly because I think the Soviets got really, really, really good at killing tanks. So they were trying to figure out how to like we defeat that by making even bigger tanks. <laughs> Make them bigger. We have one thing we know how to do. Make it bigger. The Germans from World War II, they did very much have, like, they put all of their technology points into tanks. And and it worked really well (laughs) at the beginning, but it got less good when, like, they couldn't just blitzkrieg their way into a country, basically. They tried min-maxing. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, But for example, the P-1000 Rata was drawn to have four of the same guns that are the main turret of the mouse and uh, more of additional armament. So... The Rata was supposed to have four guns that would have been like the turret on the mouse tank, just to show how big it would have been, plus guns that would plus. have been on like a battleship. So like if this thing had ever been built, it would have been an absolutely redonkulous thing. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Uh, the V3 cannon was finished and the mechanism and design are pretty interesting. So this was uh, one of the things that they were planning on doing also as part of the Wunderwaffen program was like uh-huh. before the rocket program really took off they were planning on making these like humongous artillery cannons that could shoot shells over the English channel to bomb London without having to send bombers. Okay. Cause like they were, they also were really big into strategic bombing with, with airplanes, but that was running into a problem because flak cannons could shoot down airplanes. So they were starting to figure out like basically what would turn into like rockets and missiles and that kind of stuff. Um, the V three cannon was finished and the mechanism and design were interesting. It was a big structure partially buried underground. The idea was that the shell was moving through the barrel. Continuous explosions would go off along the outsides to propel it. Yeah, that was definitely. It's going to use a series of explosions to accelerate this thing to like an ex- absurdly fast speed so they could shoot it really, really far. Dang. That's fun. I also apparently in that episode went on a really big rant about how the Osprey, like um, the, the, the naval Osprey ship, which is like the sort of it's like the vertical takeoff and landing um, plane that uses like yeah. rotors to take off uh, and how like they killed a ridiculous amount of people testing that and that it was like basically a death trap. Uh, oh, yeah. So I said, if you want to bash the U.S. for building things that don't work, the Osprey no longer qualifies. Yes, it had, quote, teething issues, which is a fun way to say a lot of people got killed. um, A lot of people were were killed by this thing that we made. Yeah. For the crime of for the thing that was designed to kill people, it had a weird habit of killing the people flying it. Um, But its record in the 2020s has been pretty much clean. The F-18 is also a Cold War platform that has been around for a long time. It's still in partial use because the F-35 is still not an effective carrier-launched aircraft. That is true. The F-35 is the new replacement for the F-18, which is like the fighter planes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The F-35 is a disaster. It's an expensive do- uh, thing that has never done the things that it wants it to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the F-3 and the F-18 can be launched from the back of an aircraft carrier, which is um, you know really important because um, that is basically like the key thing that the u.s military backs its like defense around like the u.s military's main strategy is that it focuses Mm -hmm. on aerial bomb like aerial supremacy via using aircraft carriers oh yeah Yeah, that's like that's like if you want like the the the, the key thing that like uh, america put all its technology points into it's like it's doing that yeah i mean it's the biggest 
it's the biggest ship in the game battleship you know mm-hmm. people are always like it and it's not even it's not even the ship that the game is named after it's true but it's just it's always the big one and people are like that's the one you gotta take down yeah I, I'm wading into some uncomfy waters. I don't know a whole lot about American military tech, but um, that is like part of like why America has so many more, like even in proportion to other navies, has so many more aircraft carriers because like yeah. that, that 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 combined arms strategy is like part of their big project. That's it's it's mostly because it allows them to do things like you know um, go to war with countries and be able to move because America never has to defend itself on its own turf it's always invading some other place yeah um that's us yeah uh, although it's still being improved the price tag for that plane makes it a boondoggle especially considering the fact that it fails to effectively replace yeah so the f-35 is extraordinarily expensive and also can't replace the thing that it was intended to replace <laughs> which is oh uh, supposed to be air to ground support where uh the cold war tank killer a-10 the warthog can run circles around it so yeah like still, this is another this is another area that we talk about a lot on corrections episodes is like mi- military vehicles and weapons and things like that. We we there must be some people there must be a lot of people listening who are like really big on that stuff and they really hate whenever we talk about it. Yeah, and also I yeah, it's a it's a thing I run my mouth about without uh like it's a thing that I know uh, a little bit about to get myself into dangerous waters but not enough that I could like speak as like an authoritative expert. So. Yeah, fair enough. Um, if you want to talk military waste, try looking at the literal shipbuilding, the littoral shipbuilding program. Uh, the U S just tried to scrap nine, almost brand new ships because they don't effectively do what they're designed to do. And they can't be teethed into competence. So, and also yeah. fun fact, Congress is actively trying to prevent them from scrapping these ships that don't work. So, <laughs> God, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, Einstein published his theory of relativity in 1915, but became famous in 1919 when a measurement of the bending of light during an eclipse matched his theory. The scientific community was well aware that gravity is the bending of space-time by the 1920s. Granted, not everyone was on board by that point because they called Einstein's theory of relativity, quote, Jewish science, which that, that is more on brand for the way people were thinking back then. Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, Chaco Canyon. Okay. Ooh. So this is the best correction that you would love because it's a correction where they are saying that Scott was right and Tristan was wrong. <gasps> All right. Hit me with it. Is it, a, is it related to Mario Kart? It's related to butts. It's related to butts. So I did uh, talk about Mario Kart in that episode because Chaco, mm-hmm. Chaco Canyon sounds like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, I referred to uh, something as a, as a butte and you referred to it as butte. And apparently you were right. And mine is probably because that word is etymologically from French. And so I followed the French pronunciation and you followed the pronunciation. You that, uh, couch every correction when it's like between you and me with like, but technically I wasn't wrong because I was doing the proper French pronunciation. No, it's, a, it's like, no, 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 no. What I'm saying mm. is uh, there are a lot of words in English that have etymological roots in French. And uh-huh. my heuristic in my head is when I see words that look like they're French words to pronounce them like they're French words. But if they're English words, they need to be pronounced like English words. So uh-huh. it's just me um, co- like code switching in my head on language, basically. Gotcha. Um, so we, we now know how to pronounce but. Yeah. This isn't one of those times where it's like this is a French word that Americans chose to not pronounce correctly like foyer. But um, but like, uh-huh. 
What that's do you mean? A, you don't want to meet me in my foyer? No, that that word actually hurts to hear. <laughs> um, the island with the stones is Yap, and the Yapis are Micronesian. Okay, cool. Um, Tristan should go in some more detail about Pueblo and means because it's not uh, exactly intuitive, and it's going to keep coming up. Native Americans in the southwestern United States who share common agricultural material and religious practices. Currently, 100 pueblos are actively inhabited, among which Taos, San Ildefonso, Acoma, Zuni, and Hopi are the best known. Pueblo people speak languages from four different language groups, and each pueblo is further divided culturally by kinship groups and agricultural practices, although all cultivate varieties of maize. Pueblo people have been have lived in the American Southwest for millennia and descend from ancestral Pueblo peoples. So hmm. I think um, I got a little bit confused on like what the Puebloan term meant. And I thought it was like because a lot of the ways that we try to yeah. distinguish different indigenous nations in uh, sort of prehistoric, like not prehistoric, but uh, pre-Columbian times is based on language groups when sure. I guess Puebloan uh, has a lot, has some other things going on instead. So, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Here's the next one. Uh, hold, hold on to your butt, Scott. Chaco Mountain from Mario Kart 64 is based yes. on the Chaco Island tracks in the original Super Mario Kart and Chocolate Island, the sixth world of Super Mario World. Oh, nice. That's fun. See, these are corrections I can get on board with. Yeah. Uh, like it. Another thing that I mentioned in this was that in Mexico, uh, uh-huh. there is this um, this headdress that they they said, like, this is like Montezuma's headdress or it's supposed to be. But uh, the one that we wanted is in Spain. It turns out that one is actually in Austria. So um, ah. it's called the Panacho and it's in Austria, not Spain. And it stayed in the very tight family. That makes sense because there was a time where the uh, king of Spain was also the king of Austria uh during the time when it was the von Habsburgs, which that's why they said the very tight family because that was a family that had a had a habit of being uh lots of kissing cousins (laughs) oh no um to the point where it it, the 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 line in spain had to end because they eventually produced carlos ii who is uh the most as far as we know the most inbred person who ever lived in history to the point where like he basically could barely function he died very young and he was like extremely deformed and he had many many health problems so yeah it turns out that's what like you know 80 90 years of marrying like cousins and like uh what's it called like one really common thing was marrying like uncles to nieces and stuff like that yeah and so do that for a few decades and i mean can you blame them it's puppy love because Mm. it's from the same litter oh oh goodness that's a Uh, joke i stole i stole that joke from someone on instagram i'm sorry i don't remember your name i'm just being honest (laughs) be fair it's it's the right place to do it yep uh all right next we got on to the war of the worlds episode so in your yes. episode on Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, you mentioned Citizen Kane is called the best movie ever made, whereas that is currently not true because that statement Whoa. isn't just a vague generalization. Hold on. What do you... I'm, I'm interpreting this as it was dethroned. What do, you think is the, what do you think is the best movie ever made now? I mean, by like 
like by what metric Long by like con. well-written by like how good it was made by like some i like, don't know what or... metric was the what metric was citizen kane i don't know it's just the best movie the reason that i thought that All citizen kane was considered the greatest movie ever made is because uh they made there was like at the end of the century a top 100 films of the 20th century list that i think it was like the british film institute or something where like a bunch of critics got together and like voted on the top movies and like yeah citizen kane came out on top okay well I uh, guess the correct answer is uh, Speed Racer, the live action Speed Racer movie. That's really I've answer. never seen that one. Yep. Best movie. I don't even I, I couldn't even I couldn't even think best of movie of all time. OK, you're missing out. Have you seen Citizen Kane? I have. It's great. So, it's a really good movie. So what? See, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen Speed Racer. OK, there so you who's go. more cultured? That I think you. me. Yeah. When it comes to who has seen more movies, definitely. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh here's the here's the idea here's the where the concept as 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 i mentioned where citizen kane the british film institute's sight and sound top 100 list that has all the critics from around the world vote on their top 10 movies comes out every 10 years and uh for a long time citizen kane was number one but in 2012 it was dethroned Uh, that's what i'm saying it is dethroned by speed racer close uh a movie it was sort of like the 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 street it was sort of like the street racer of uh speed racer sorry speed racer of the uh black and white film era or the uh yeah. sort of the uh 20th century the 20th century version of speed racer which i guess is just the speed racer cartoon but but the, uh, the speed film racer version. movie came out in 20 in 2008 so it's already the yeah. it's it's the 21st version you can't why would we need a 20th century version <laughs> that's we true. got a new one it's fresher it's better all right <laughs> what replaced it i replaced it was vertigo the alfred hitchcock film ah uh, and then this year, and by this year, they mean last year, uh, because they do it every like 10 years. It was actually replaced with an art house film called Jean Delman's uh, 23 Cres de Commerce, Mille 80 Bouchel. Yeah. So it's like a French art house film. What does that translate to? Do you know? Jean Delman, 23, like Commerce Street. <laughs> uh, okay. Cres de Commerce. Um, like, yeah, I think that like key means like it's a dock. Oh, it's a dock. The reason I got thrown off is because um, like uh, the Queen's Key is basically a highway now or basically a road in uh, in Toronto. But it like probably used mm. to mean the docks, which makes sense. Fair enough. Uh, so I'm being semi incorrect when saying Citizen Kane is the greatest film ever made. It's still a very good movie. <laughs> still, it's still up there. Apparently, uh, I don't think these critics have seen Speed Racer. So <laughs> that's we're going to have to make sure true. to check that one out. Uh, yeah. And we'll wait until 2033 when it gets dethroned by, uh, Iron Man three. Yeah. Shane Black. I don't even remember. I couldn't even remember the plot of Iron Man three. If you like put a gun to my head. It's the Mandarin. I thought that was the second one. No, the the second one is, was when they did whiplash with Mickey Rourke. Wait, Mandarin, the Mandarin wasn't the one with the whips. No, the, that was whiplash. had the whips. It's in his name. His border. I remember he the said Mandarin was, was the Mandarin was the movie that everyone hated because it was like, oh, they ruined the the Mandarin. It was just, it was an actor. Oh, yeah. The, like, Shang-Chi was basically like spent the entire runtime apologizing yeah, for it. Right. But, but it was like it was really clever. If, if you're not a comic book fan or if you are one that has like an open mind, it's actually a really clever way of like say of uh, Iron Three is really clever of being like. Look at look at look at this. We're f- manufacturing a war on terror so that the United States pays us money to make weapons for them. And it's like that was like when they were trying to say something back in those movies. Is there a nerd sync video coming out of you right now? 
No, this is like common knowledge, I feel. Okay. Mm. I just remember that um, I was like, when Shang-Chi in that movie, they spend like a good chunk of the movie with like the same actor where he's like, he's like, oh no, I was just a British actor pretending to be this. I think they had a lot of work to do because I feel like they, a lot of the lore for Shang-Chi, they kind of uh, used and like made it into either white people or Muslims for the plot of the first Iron Man movie. And so they had to kind of like retcon a bunch of stuff to make it work so that they could do Shang-Chi properly. I think that's what they were trying to do there, if I remember correctly, but. Yeah, if you can believe it, the movies uh, didn't really have a big roadmap when they started. They were just trying to make a a cool, fun movie. Mm -hmm. They Uh, probably also didn't imagine in 2008 that they were ever going to have to make a Shang-Chi movie. No, probably not. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. um, All right. And now some corrections from the the, uh, the 2012 Apocalypse episode. The Western Zodiac actually has its uh, origins in early Iron Age Babylon, so not the Zoroastrians. So Iron Age. Okay. Cool. Um, corrections episode. The last corrections episode. This is a good one to end on. A corrections, a correction from the previous correction or from one of the previous correction episodes. What did we get wrong in trying to correct stuff? Let's do it. What did we get wrong? Uh, so I said uh, Homo Neanderthalus. It's Homo nere- uh, Neanderthalensis. Um, oh, okay. Also, for clarity regarding the Hun slash Turks thing, Huns are speculatively placed in a linguistic group including several extinct Turkic languages. So there's, I said that about Attila the Hun. Uh, Philip Malarik said, though I hate to submit a correction to your corrections, but my hands are tied here. It's pronounced more like <laughs> Malarik because as it said, German, German uh-huh. stuff. German, German pronunciation. I think this is actually a correction on my pronunciation of his name. So Malarik. Oh. <laughs> Um, gotcha. Uh, not to correct your questions episode, but it was uh, actually Aaron's staff that turned into a snake, not Moses's. Okay. Uh, but don't feel oh, bad because yeah. you're in the proud American tradition of learning about the Bible from movies instead of actually reading the thing. <laughs> yeah. So there is that. Uh, I seem to have also, I mentioned that Vince Gilligan made the X-Files, uh, the guy who made Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. He did not make the X-Files. He just wrote a lot of episodes for it. That makes more sense to me. But he did co-create its spinoff, The Lone Gunman. Uh, he was a writer oh. on the show, but the uh, the credit goes to Chris Carter, which is I've interesting. I've never heard of that. The Lone Gunman? So no. did you ever watch The X-Files? I mean, no. Um, <laughs> the X-Files, in The X-Files, he had like a group of like turbo conspiracy nerds that sometimes they turned to when they needed cool. help from like nerds and, cool. uh, they were called the lone gunman and they gave them a spinoff at a certain point. I don't even think it lasted a full season. I feel like it did really badly. Um, okay. minor detail, Tristan mentioned animal psychology. Even if that is a thing that exists, the correct term for animal behavior is ethology when it comes to humans. And it's called comparative psychology, which is. Yeah. Comparative psychology is the term that I probably should have used. The one that I knew. I've never heard of the term ethology, though. Ethology. Huh. All right. Last one. This is one where I'm glad Angela is not here because she would be very disappointed in me. Uh, I referred to uh, brown dwarfs as stars. Brown dwarfs are not stars. How dare you? (laughs) Because they don't do nuclear fusion. Brown dwarfs Uh. do have enough mass to glow weakly in infrared although they're dense enough that they generate their own heat and energy, but not through nuclear fusion. So uh, the process of converting atoms sure. into heavier atoms that causes energy, that's how stars work. And that's, I guess, that's like the stars. cutoff between being a, ga- a really big gas giant and a star. Yeah, we know stars. Yeah, the lowest mass of uh, functional star are called red dwarfs that need to be about 80 times the size of Jupiter. Anything less than that is going to have trouble sustaining fusion reactions. 
Brown dwarfs can be anywhere from the size of 13 Jupiters to a lower limit of 80. Also an aside, most brown dwarves and small red dwarves aren't much larger in physical size than jupes, uh, their words. Up to a certain point, when big planets and brown dwarves get more massive, they just get denser. Hold on, not wait. Bigger. Is jupes jupes is the short like the slang term for Jupiters? I guess, yeah. <laughs> Much larger in physical size than jupes. Like it's not like it's not like plural Jupiters. It's just like like, like like it's like saying soups. Um, it feel that it does not feel good to say. It definitely feels like a slur for jupes. For feels a, like a, a slur for a, like a race that doesn't exist. Doesn't like, exist. Yeah. yeah. Um. um up to a certain point when big planets and brown dwarves get more massive they just get denser not bigger and the largest planets discovered are only two to two and a half times larger than jupes i still don't like it nope also jupe is like yeah i was like it means dress right and i'm like no it means skirt right right because robe is dress so uh yeah so it's like larger than skirts it's larger (laughs) than skirts we all know this um all right good good corrections good thank you to everyone who corrected us i wanted to circle back on something that i mentioned at the start which is that i've been having so many technical issues this month and i know that a lot of these corrections were addressed to stuff that tristan specifically uh said but i want to just give you a lot of credit publicly for really stepping up and helping of going above and beyond with the podcast you already do the research and like the topic planning and stuff but this last month because my computer died and my camera died all this all this stuff uh and i've just been you know busy with other stuff uh very stressful you've really stepped up and you've um you know edited look you've edited the podcast which is the first time you've done podcast editing for the show mm-hmm. um and uh my wife listened to it and was like yeah it's a, it's a podcast. I mean, it's it's not really much different than anything. So I was just like, that's great. Tristan's doing good. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, you've just been really stepping it up and, and helping me. So even though you there are some things we say off the cuff that we get wrong, there's also just like a lot of, of work that goes into just making this. And you've taken the, the, the bulk of that work over the past couple of weeks uh, or months, really. So I appreciate you. And I but- think the listener should also appreciate you. Well, thank you. You're very kind. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, the worst of it is over and we are uh, we're going to keep making yeah, cool stuff for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, if you want to see all of that cool stuff for the foreseeable future, there's a really great place you can go, which is at Probs Not Aliens on Twitter or Blue Sky. Blue Sky. Sorry. That and reminds me. Got I got a code. code. Of course. Here we go. Yeah, I decided that uh, as long as we have free codes um i'm just gonna start giving them away uh hey if you uh, claim them tag us and let us know yeah uh yeah so anybody anybody who uh what's it called um it wants to join blue sky uh let's go with bsky-social-22iou-ucpjf it's yours that's the code that's yours first come first serve as always mm-hmm. tristan you're over there too on blue sky and twitter as am i but if people wanted to see more of the stuff that you uh, more of like the video projects that you create mm-hmm. where can people do that uh you can go to step back at stepbackhistory.com where you can go to the youtube channel and see my stuff my latest video would be right up the alley of your probably not aliens fans 
uh, because yeah. I am doing the JFK assassination. I'm tackling that conspiracy. Uh, yes. Scott, if I wanted to learn about the time that Captain America was a werewolf, where would I go? Hell yeah. <laughs> this is a good one. This is a good old video. Remember when you said you hated Cap recurring Wolf. bits? <laughs> I hated recurring bits, but now you keep pulling up old videos of mine and you're hitting the jackpot right now. I love Cap Wolf. I've got a Cap Wolf action figure right now because I love the character so much. I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. It's all one word. I am I do uh, commentary and video essays. I've been trying to dip into more commentary because that's the stuff that performs well on my channel. So go check it out. Nerdy stuff, stuff about media analysis, stuff about just like what's going on, on in the creator side of the internet. I don't know. I'm figuring it out now. I used to have a nice elevator pitch that I would say at the end of every episode, but now I'm like pivoting because Scott's stuff commentary. is good. He makes Scott's videos that are I good. I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can also find this podcast over on Nebula, nebula.tv slash pro- it, what's probably Prob- not aliens. Probably not aliens. It's I, not probs, not aliens. And yeah. And, and also the people who are signed up, listen to this episode last week and they're listening to next week's episode now. So if you they think get a week it, early, yeah, you can listen to next week's episode right now if you want to mm-hmm. by going over there. So we really appreciate everyone. And a really uh, great place if you want to share the word, spread the word of this podcast, share it with the people that you know and love or uh, hate, whatever. We don't care. Share it with anyone who will listen to you. Uh, and a great place to send them is a very simple website, probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to everything over there. And uh, thank you to everyone who writes reviews of this show on Apple Podcasts and leaves feedback on Spotify. We love it. We love it. We do. We love to see it. Helps us out. Helps us out. Uh, Yeah. I guess that's it. So until next time, my name is Scott Nicewalker. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Probably. I guess not not always on this show, but most of the time. Sometimes (laughs) it is out there. Sometimes it is uh, out there and sometimes it's out there here. Sometimes it's in here in my in your heart. You know, sometimes sometimes I don't know anything about Europe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's yeah. good.